0: Listen throughout the
1: world. It's football time in Tennessee. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws ends
0: on zone. Touchdown. touchdown Alabama! Devontae Smith! Touchdown Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended
1: to the top of the College Football Mountain. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Bitches it it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. He's got something. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. In zone. Touchdown, Titans! There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour with your host Drake Collie. And welcome into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake. Thank you for joining us. It is Thursday, January 25th, and it is semifinals, Final Four NFL weekend. In the, joining me in the studio is Clayton the Claw Harris, working the boards and giving us his expertise, opinion, <laughs> and breakdown of the subjects that we're going to talk about today. And the main subject right now is Brian Callahan, the former uh, offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals under head coach Zach Taylor for the last five years. Um, And my question to you, Clayton, is this all about Will Levis?
0: I think so. Uh, And it may not be just about Will Levis, but it's about the quarterback position in general. If well, if Levis doesn't work out, they're gonna have to either sign somebody, or in the next couple of years they're going to draft somebody. And what better coach other than Josh Heupel would you want there than a guy like Callahan, who's worked with really, really, really good quarterbacks over his career? Obviously, he's got a great pedigree with his father being a head coach in the NFL, also in college. So yeah, I, I agree. I do. Yeah. I, I think it has to do with Will Levis, but. More importantly, maybe not just will it's the quarterback position in general
1: well i you know in my personal opinion is that in today's NFL having an offensive minded head coach offensive minded staff, not to say defenses are very important, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. and the Titans are in desperate need of a better defense sure um after being at the bottom of the NFL, uh, especially in their secondary, um, the front the front seven are, are are pretty tough. I mean, you know Jeffrey Simmons and uh, Pierre Tart and those guys they they're pretty they're pretty tough. We just we, our, our I think our the Titans linebacking backing cores need to be strengthened, uh, strengthened, not demolished and, and rebuilt, but strengthened. And um, I feel, and I feel so, we're just gonna have to kind of rebuild the whole secondary.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you, you know, I think the offense, all you know, put the defense in some bad positions. But I'll give those guys credit. I thought um, they were not the weakest link of the team, no. that's, and that's why they went with an offensive hire. Because right. again, the days of Trent Dilfer type quarterbacks winning the Super Bowl are over. Right. The game has changed. You got to have a Lamar Jackson. Uh, you look at what Jerry Goff's doing uh, up in uh, Detroit. That's why. I, that's why I like them against the Forty ers because I know Brock Purdy has done some good things. But I mean, it's only he's only his second year. I'm I, he, in most games, it's particularly college games and, and pro games, the better quarterback usually wins.
1: Well, the hire of Brian <clears throat> Callahan, thirty nine year old offensive coordinator and he has worked with some uh, obviously big names that our listeners will recognize. Uh, Matthew Stafford talking about Detroit, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning in Denver. With he was they, pretty he was pretty good. Yeah, he was okay. Regular season anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, for he's the most good. part. He's, he's pretty good. He's a he's a solid Peyton Manning's a solid regular season quarterback. I mean that that's you know, playoffs, eh not so much, but you know, he was a damn good regular season quarterback. Um but let's talk about Monday when they when they basically, this week, when they basically talked with Callahan, hammered out the details, and did the hiring. He did his press conference earlier today at 1 o'clock. But that was a good day. That, that Monday was a good day for the Titans organization as a whole. Um, and, you know, as compared to their worst day, which we turned the page back about a year to January twenty second last year, if everybody remembers, the number one seed AFC Tennessee Titans hosted, led by coach Mike Mike Vrabel, the soon to be named NFL coach of the year, Mike Vrabel, two years ago. No, okay, two years ago. That's right, two years ago. Um, got beat by visiting Cincinnati, nineteen to sixteen. At home, yeah. In Nashville. Uh, Tannehill, Tannehill gave the ball away three times.
0: It was the beginning of the end.
1: That, and that that was kind of,
0: yes, that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that was. He's got us about as far as he's going to get us. That
1: was the top, of the top of the mountain for the Titans, and it's all been rolling downhill
0: um, after that.
1: Yeah. And you know what they say, what goes downhill. so Correct. Yeah. Um, So, and you know that – I mean, they were welcoming Derrick Henry back that game from injury. Mm -hmm. Everyone kind of felt, man, we're going to get Derrick back. We're going to do great. This is – well, the first pass, first offensive play, Daniel throws an interception. And
0: the last last play of the game, he threw an interception. Titans never recover and lose
1: 19-16. So, Monday was a good day. 39-year-old Brian Callahan – as offensive – was offensive coordinator for five years for the Cincinnati Bengals, worked with Joe Burrow, the likes of Joe Burrow, like I said, Peyton Manning, Stafford. Even got Derek Carr. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Derek Carr that plays for the Saints. He got released by the Raiders. Raiders, yeah. Got him over 4,000 yards. So, I mean, the guy can work some magic. So, my deal is this. I mean, that – that resume by Callahan had to be a deciding factor in his hiring when you're looking at Will Levis.
0: Yeah. I as mean, your
1: quarterback, right? I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, Jeff Fisher is one of the more famous coaches in Titans history. He has a defensive background. Uh, you just came, uh, you just got rid of a coach who uh, has a defensive background. This will be the first offensive hire for a head coach for the Titans since Mike Munchak. Munchak was an offensive lineman. This guy's specialty is the quarterback position. And I think that's where it all begins and ends with the Titans, especially if this is going to be a post Derrick Henry era for the Titans. Uh, You know, Let's be honest. There's a lot of similarities between Mike Vrabel and Jeff Fisher when it came to offensive philosophy. It's the old school pro style approach. We're going to line up and run it between the tackles. We're going to play action you know, a lot. Uh, and we're, you know, we're going to kick a lot of field goals and we're going to, you know, you know, really play good physical defense. This is a rebranding of the Titans. Uh, you you're, you're looking now at a at a um What's the word I'm looking for? A franchise that's going to really try to put an emphasis on the offensive side of the ball. Well, and I think
1: – and I'll let you get up, right, but real quick. You can't score – you can't average 17, 18 points a game as an offense in the NFL nowadays. Or high ex- school or and,
0: college, yeah. And
1: expect to win ball games. That's correct. You're, you're not going to do it. The officiating, the game itself, the way they protect the quarterbacks now – From vicious hits, wide receivers from vicious hits. It is an offensive-minded and a movement, an evolution of the game, the NFL game, to an offensive-minded entertainment or an offensive-minded game. So you can't you can't go like old school and just you know terrific defense only. Because you got to put up. I mean, you got to you got to be able to score twenty eight to thirty five points a game in order to win consistently and make the playoffs in the NFL. Now, I
0: I, know. I I, we talked about it off the air. I mean, the game's changed. Um, You got to have have that quarterback that can uh, be a difference maker. Like I said, the days of a Trent Dilfer type quarterback winning the Super Bowl, it's just not going to happen. Not going to happen in today's NFL.
1: Okay. Uh, along with offensive coordinator from the Cincinnati, uh, new Titans head coach, Brian Callahan. The Titans are also talking to the Baltimore Ravens defensive backs coach, Denard Wilson, as possibly taking over as the defensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, again, you got a new head coach. This is his first time being a head coach. You're going to see a lot of guys – um probably join his staff that maybe are gonna get opportunities in different roles for the first time in their NFL career. So yeah, I mean it's uh people are gonna to have to be patient though. And so, you know, if
1: people say, well who is this Brian Callahan cat? You know, who is this guy? Um uh, let me just give you some a little bit of his resume here, as I can read it off. As uh in two thousand fifteen uh he worked with quarterbacks Peyton Manning at Denver during that Super Bowl winning season. Uh, Like I said, Matthew Stafford at Detroit posted two consecutive 4,000 plus passing yard seasons in 16 and 17 under Callahan. And like I said, even Derek Carr in 2018 with the Raiders. Derek Carr. Through for his first time over 4,000 yards. He could probably use him in New Orleans right now. Absolutely. Um, so the guy knows what he's doing. I think it's a good hire. I think it's a good day for the Titans. Um, and I'm, you know, kudos to the front office, Rand Carthon, uh, the general manager, who also got a promotion. Uh, he will now be the executive vice
0: president of the organization. Sounds like she's handed him the keys. Yeah, you know, and, she's giving him the keys to Ferrari, folks. So you better get ready. And, and this is all going to be on him. And, and that's whether, okay. whether or not, and that's all it, right. And that's fine. That's why you hired the guy. Exactly. You can't be an owner. You can't be Arthur Blank. You cannot be overly involved. Jerry Jones. You, Jerry Jones. Al Davis. Al Davis. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you cannot be that guy. Uh, let Let these people who know what they're doing, the professionals. That's why you're paying them a lot of money. Exactly. Let let him do his job. And guess what? In three or four years, if it ain't working, see ya. So, Rand Carthen's new
1: job as executive vice president will be to oversee roster control, team activities, personnel decisions uh, that include uh, the drafts and free agency signings, um, oversight on scouting, sports medicine, and uh, player engagements. And also, along with him, Chad Brinker, I believe he was also got promoted within the organization, and he moves from assistant GM into a newly created role where he will oversee salary cap management, analytics and strategy, communication and information systems. Also, uh, general security, video equipment, and the grounds. So the Titans are – you know, the Titans are making some moves. They're, they're they're getting some pieces in place, and of course, you have to start at the top, and that's with Brian Callahan.
0: They're trying. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll give them credit. They're trying, and she's relinquishing. Re, Can you say it. relinquishing? Relinquishing some, <laughs> okay. some, some. That sounds some yeah, it sounds so weird. That's <laughs> some of her power to uh, Carthon, and I and. We we've kind of beat her up a little bit over the past couple of weeks. We have, but uh, I'll give her credit; she's at least trying. Because you know what, they're about to build that new stadium, and she needs people to pay for those PSLs, and she needs to fill it up,
1: and she needs to get get the fan base back on the wagon, on the Titan wagon, on the bus, yeah, and get
0: it give them give them something to be excited about. You got to I mean, you got to put a decent product on the field and. Maybe this is step one to getting getting that. You know, this, what we want.
1: the new house is not going to be ready to go for, what, another four years, probably. So you've got a good, at least three seasons yeah. to get everybody excited and put a winning product on the field because it's been a damn long time. You got that right. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake. He's the claw. We'll be right back. Oh. Oh. give it up to you. This is Debbie Matthews with the National Realty Group, and if you've been paying attention, you know the housing market has been tough, but rates are beginning to thaw. So if you're thinking about selling, the time to jump in is getting better every day. But if you're thinking about buying and those interest rates are still a little bit too high, a good agent knows how to negotiate interest rate buy-downs, and I'm a good agent. So call me, Debbie Matthews with National Realty Group,
0: 615-476-3224. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM FM, Columbia, Tennessee. When you bank local, you get local expertise. Hi, this is Felicia Brown with First Farmers. We've supported families, individuals, and businesses of Middle Tennessee for over a century. You are more than an account number. You are our community, and we're committed to helping you thrive. Switch to First Farmers, Visit myfirstfarmers.com or call 1 800 882 8378. Member FDIC. Hey,
1: when you gonna stop playing. Dead chick, I could be a fantasy. I could tell you got big, big energy. It ain't too many of them that can handle me. And welcome back into the Frontport Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake in the studio with Clayton the Claw. It is a rainy Thursday afternoon, January twenty fifth, and it looks like we're probably get another day or so of this rain, and then hopefully move on out of here. But you know, if I'm I'm sitting at home in the recliner watching football, I'm I'm cool, man. Yeah, I mean, we I don't care what it's doing outside. We
0: had a very dry fall and very dry winter up to this point, so we. We actually could use the rain, so I'm not going to complain too much. Now, go. when baseball season starts, that's when I'll start complaining if it <laughs> continues.
1: Okay, um, we were talking about the hiring of Brian, 39 year old Brian Callahan, and I like the idea that he's in his 30s. I don't yeah. have a problem with
0: that. Me and him are the same. I age. think there's
1: a trend in the NFL of hiring younger. Um,
0: you got to relate to the progressive, players. progressive
1: yeah. type minded. Head coaches nowadays,
0: player-driven coaches too. That the guys can relate to. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you see it in everything. I mean, there's there's always in you know it, different industries, different sports. Uh, there's turnover, and, and this is a new generation of coaches that are coming up. You look at what uh, Green, for example, Green Bay, the Rams, all have young coaches. Uh, 49ers, young coaches. Right, it is, it's a trend, kind of a fresh way of
1: thinking and approaching uh, a very old game. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Right. I mean, looking at it through younger eyes, different eyes.
0: I mean, you look. I mean, and I know we're talking high school now, but you, I mean, you look at Columbia Central. They went out and hired a 30 year old legend of a player, Tradarius Golf, yeah, who can relate to these guys a lot better than. Say somebody that's sixty plus, sure. and, My that's, age, and that's not. You know, well, and, there's, and there's nothing against a 60 year old football coach whatsoever, but I just think that you know, in today's world, in today's world, this there's, there's generation, a there's a shift. Yeah, it's different. You can't. That's what made what Nick Saban did so impressive. But you know, I'm reading the book on Saban now and about his leadership. Yep. He always adapted, and always changed. Because if you don't adapt, you'll die. That's right. And so the way he treated players when he was at Toledo in 1990 is nothing like the way he treated players last year. Exactly. Okay, I got you. And that just and I give Saban a lot of credit. It shows a lot of growth on his part that he's not too stubborn to change.
1: Right. Well, after the Los Angeles Chargers out on the left coast got rid of their head coach Brandon Staley, who's a younger guy too, Mm -hmm. um, and their general manager. Tom Telesco, Telesco, uh, 51-year-old Telesco, has been hired as a new general manager for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, under Telesco as general manager for, for the Chargers since 2013. So he's been there for a minute in uh, Los Angeles, former San Diego. Uh, he brought in players like Keenan Allen, running back Melvin Gordon III, defensive end Joey Bosa, uh, safety Darwin James, considered one of the best safeties in the NFL, um, and the likes of quarterback Justin Herbert. Uh, and free agency, he went out and got players like Khalil Mack. I mean, I, you know, the, the biggest head scratcher in the NFL has to be the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, they're loaded. Those guys are loaded and they just – I just don't you know, I think And Herbert it, was hurt
0: this year too. Right, he
1: I know he busted his fingers up a couple of times and 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 that was the deal, but I just I just really can't understand. I, I know um their fan base is very disappointed um with that. Now um Monday night in Smashville, the Preds lost to the visiting Florida Panthers four to one. After being tied one-one at the end of the second period, the the Preds gave up three in the third, and just you know that was it for a four-to-one loss. Tonight they are at Minnesota as they go on a little northern trip up to Minnesota, Ottawa, and I think Edmonton. That's correct. It's Edmonton. Is it it Edmonton? Okay. Um, But they the puck will drop at seven o'clock tonight in smash uh in um at the wild at the Minnesota wild so they play away
0: can we can we go back though to the chargers okay. yeah let's because go. There, there, we, we there's a lot of fan bases around the country sure particularly in the south that have been really giving alabama a hard time since saber and I, and I get it I completely understand um Giving Alabama a hard time yeah, about, since, about, since about, Saban yeah. decided to leave. Yeah, but here's what people got to realize. There was 15 players in the transfer portal at Alabama prior to Saban leaving. They, they were just going to go anyways because either playing time or it just wasn't working out. Uh, since then, they've lost about nine other guys that were all really good players. Uh, but the bleeding has stopped. And the portal will eventually expire here in another two weeks. With Harbaugh leaving, though, that opens up Michigan's portal for 30 days. Yeah. And with the connections between uh, the staff at Michigan, Courtney Morgan, former uh, general manager of Michigan's football that helped build that roster that won a national title this year, he was hired two years ago by Kalen DeBoer in Washington. And he took over a Washington program that was five and six, and then two years later they were playing sure. in a national title game. He is now at Alabama. So, and,
1: and remember who we talked about, Ryan Grubb, who
0: has been with Kalen DeBoer for 16 years. And won three national titles in NAIA ball the, with DeBoer. He, is, gonna be, he, is,
1: he is DeBoer's uh, offensive coordinator, and he is coming to Alabama with DeBoer. And basically – uh, from what I read, and from what Kalen DeBoer has said, is that he just lets Ryan Grubb do his thing, and, and he doesn't—he doesn't get in his way. He doesn't micromanage um, Ryan Grubb. He just lets Grubb after, and after 16 years, I mean, that's a long time for an OC and a head coach to be together. Oh, I that, mean, obviously, there's a lot of success there.
0: Oh, it probably reminds some people locally, you know, of. Philip Fulmer and David Cutcliffe and how well they worked together for so many years. But if you remember last year after Bill O'Brien left Alabama, Nick Saban tried to hire Grub. Couldn't get him because of that loyalty and friendship. He
1: he wasn't leaving DeBoer.
0: All right, so now they got him. um, And the bleeding has stopped. As yesterday, it was announced that five-star wide receiver, top five player overall in the country, Ryan Williams – has recommitted to the University of Alabama. He canceled his visit to Auburn this weekend. He had a visit uh, scheduled for Texas. He canceled it. He says his recruitment is over. And this
1: guy's supposed to be like the next Julio Jones.
0: He will come in and start day one. This fall, he will be starting. He'll be wearing the number two. And like he said, the old saying, the deuce is loose after David Palmer, it's back. He's going to be in that number two jersey. Uh, Thank you, Caleb Downs, for leaving. That opened up that number two jersey for him. There you go. The bleeding has stopped. Expect Alabama to also sign or possibly get some guys from Michigan. And let's see how that trickle and, effect works. And then we're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh in the last segment. Okay, I'm yeah, going yeah, yeah. Yeah. to
1: say that. And we yeah. know that Jim Harbaugh took it, signed last night, uh, finalized his head coaching job with mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Chargers. He was in the NFL when he – took the 49ers and played against his brother. He got beat by the Ravens 34, 31 Correct. in 2012.
0: It was the Thir- thirteen Super Bowl, th- but the 13, 12 season. The 12 season, 13
1: Super Bowl. First time two brothers and the only time two brothers as head coaches went against each other in the Super Bowl. Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers lost by three points. That was Ray Lewis's last game. And that was Randy Moss's last game. And he, As he was a 49er. Yep. Um, so, we're going to talk about Harbaugh at the end. Now, sure. go back to Alabama and DeBoer, Kaelin DeBoer, and the, the contrast and differences of what Alabama fans might see moving forward with DeBoer. DeBoer, with Michael Penix Jr., they threw the ball 60% of the time. Yes. Okay. Nick Saban, with Milrow, ran the ball 60% of the time. So so I, I want I want Alabama fans and SEC fans in general to understand that what you're going to see at Alabama is a very offensive, forward-type coaching philosophy,
0: which I'm excited. I mean, I'm I just beside myself. Can't wait to see it. And there's no guarantees for Jalen Milroe. Absolutely we'll, not. We'll, you know, he may have been the starter, may have had a really good year this past year. This offense, like you said, is going to change. We don't know if he'll fit in or not. We'll find out after spring. But I know that Alabama just extended the offer to Jared Curtis, who's at Nashville Christian up the road in Nashville, number one quarterback in the nation, uh, is an upcoming junior. He's only a sophomore right now. So you look at Austin Mack, the 6'6", 230 transfer from Washington that came uh, to Alabama. He's from California. Uh, And then you look at Ty Simpson, who is going to stay, it appears. So far he's going to at least go through the spring – and see how it works out. And you got to remember, Drake, the portal reopens in April, April fourteenth.
1: And you know, I, I want people to really understand what. Put yourself in the shoes of these young college players that are entering the transfer portal. They have been starting and playing and been the superstars on their on whatever Warner, yeah. whatever team, probably sport from basketball to baseball to football, whatever, obviously they excelled at football and got a scholarship to Alabama or Tennessee or Ole Miss or wherever. But the deal is when you go to these top-tier universities, you go in there and you start competing against the other best athletes from their part of the country – And you might not get the playing time you want. You might not be getting the recognition you've always gotten. You're having to sit and hold a clipboard and do stats as other guys playing quarterback when you've been a starter quarterback since you've been old enough to throw a football. right? And the reason that you're – and now if you throw money into the mix, you throw legally paying players to come play for your university – like Ohio State is obviously doing. Oh, absolutely. Well, in Ohio State, with Harbaugh leaving Michigan, they smell the blood in the water, right? I mean, they, they, they do they, now. And, and so sure. now they, they figured our window is open right now. There's, there's transition at Michigan. They've You know, winning back-to-back national championships is, pro- is extremely hard to do and hasn't been done many times in the history of college football and won't be done again by Michigan. So Ohio State is looking at it like this is our time. And when kids are allowed to move, jump from place to place and basically put themselves out there on the free market for these other universities to look at them, look at them on film – Offer them so much money to come play. Well, they're going to get in the transfer portal. I would. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going And to... so would our listeners. So don't sit here and tell me, and people say, well, Drake, you know, everybody's leaving Alabama. You know, the people that can't, that, that believe there are greener pastures everywhere, which a lot of people look at life that way. And I tend to look at life that way. But the reason they're moving is A, because they do see a money, money signs and put in front somebody's gotten in their ear and they see a, a financial situation at a university that could use their talent because they're having to sit behind a four- or five-star talent at the position at Alabama. And they're ready, they're ready to play, get out there on the field, and get their name recognized, and get paid. So that's why these pe- that's why these players are moving.
0: Well, and, and I want you know I know there's a lot of people out there, and and as an Alabama fan, yeah, it's brutal to watch some of your favorite players enter that portal and leave. But to think that they are done or finished, like I've heard from some some other fan bases, it's a numbers game. Number one, if you look at the current roster at Alabama, it still ranks higher than any roster in college football with the overall composite scores of how the players are graded. Number two. Of the 25 players that have left, half of them went and declared their eligibility to play in the NFL. Each college team is allowed 85 scholarship players. Alabama, with what they have coming in in this signing class and what they've lost and what they picked up in the portal, will be sitting with 82. So there's three positions that they can add scholarship players to. So when the portal opens, you're going to see them get a couple of the guys, and you're probably going to have a couple that leave after spring practice. But to sit there and write Alabama off or to say that it's over, be careful.
1: Well, I mean, you know, Alabama has an underdog. Oh, I love Generally, it. Generally? I love it. Performs pretty damn well. I like it. I'm just telling you. Ask, ask the Georgia Bulldogs about, about Alabama as an underdog.
0: And, and what makes the DeBoer hire even more impressive to me is that, number one, the man's 105-12 and 12 as overall record as a head coach. But secondly, he was offered – it just came out the other day that he was offered up to $9.4 million a year to stay at Washington but chose to go to Alabama – for 10 a year. I believe, I think his initial contract is a six-year, $60 million contract. It's not about the money, though. It obviously helps. He's a competitor. Yeah. And you have to be a competitor or someone that believes that you have the ability to either match or surpass what Nick Saban's done. And the fact that he wanted to be there, that tells me all I need
1: Well, to and you look at the disarray that the Pac-12 went through when, when it disintegrated, uh, them having to travel – uh, cross country now, oh, I know. and and back and forth, and all the tra- and what and, and and you know, and that wears and tears on your family, on your coaching staff, on you as a head coach, correct, and just the logistics of it are a true pain in the backside. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, why not why not go to the mecca of college football? That's what it is, yeah, and be and be the head coach and be, and be what's considered the most powerful head coaching job in football period, including the NFL, because let's be honest, when's the last time anybody's watched an NFL game and not seen or heard uh, the University of Alabama mentioned, uh, players for the University of Alabama? I heard they're going to change it from the NFL to the AFL?
0: Alabama the, football. League. Right?
1: Yes, can you believe they're going to do that? I mean, it's crazy. But
0: well, I, I, you know, no, well. I'm
1: just I'm just kidding. They're not going to do that,
0: folks. I, well, well, that's I, a joke. I, I'm I'm telling you though, it's um, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, there's always a microscope on Alabama. But if you're if you're a returning player, that's an upcoming sophomore, or junior, or senior, or you're at, well, like Ryan Williams, you you just signed, and you're one of 25 guys that are going to come in this fall as freshmen and you want exposure, number one, there's always a microscope in Alabama. But think about that microscope now that Saban is gone. Everybody is going to be saying, I want to see what Alabama looks like now with a new coach.
1: And just remember this, and everybody on the outside looking in and looking, like you said, putting Alabama underneath the microscope. Kalen DeBoer is 49 years old. Oh, no. Nick Saban was 72 mm-hmm. when he retired. Correct. So, you do the numbers. You do the math there. 20-plus years of a guy that went, what, 105 and 12? 100, I don't
0: care what level of football you're in. You, have I, don't if it's of, Pop Warner, exact, I don't care if it's Pop Warner. I don't care if
1: it's Pee Wee League or whatever it is. 105 and 12? You're
0: doing something right. And, you
1: know, 49 years old? I mean, be careful what you wish for. I'm telling you. You know, that's that's what my mom always used to tell me. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. But that don't mean you're going to like it. It's true. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake on a rainy Thursday. He's Clayton the Claw. We're in the studio. we got one segment left. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back into the Frontport Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake. Thank you for joining us. I'm in the studio with Clayton the Claw, and this is our last segment of the hour. We're back on tomorrow at four o'clock sharp for the Friday edition of the Frontport Sports Radio Hour.
0: But Drake, if you're yes. listening, if you are listening to to Drake's voice right now, and you just can't get enough, Michael Jackson can't just get enough. You're going to be back on. Tonight. In about 30 minutes. That's right. About 45 minutes. About 30, 40. You're going to be back on live.
1: We're doing a Thursday night version of the game of the week, Murray County Public Schools game of the week, uh, broadcasting live from Cullioca High School.
0: Correct. Uh, Uh, Because because of the snow, we were supposed to do the game Friday. It got moved to tonight. We got three
1: nights. Three nights of basketball coming up right here. On one hundred one point seven and one hundred three point seven tomorrow night, we'll right? Be on and both. then we'll yeah. have Alabama basketball and yep. Tennessee. Tennessee basketball this weekend, as That's right. uh, the Volunteers go to Memorial Gymnasium and play the Commodores. And uh, Alabama, I'm not sure who they've got next. I have to look that up. But
0: uh, LSU.
1: All right. So Jim Harbaugh, seventeen days after winning a national title at Michigan. Has now left the University of Michigan, as uh, that program is staring down a couple of different NCAA sanction They're in trouble. Violations or you know, violations that could be looking at some NCAA sanctions. One stems from an interview that Harbaugh did with NCAA investigators about improper benefits and recruiting um, no-nos. He lied by, by Harbaugh's staff, and he he basically lied to him. You know these guys. What he what Harbaugh and, and, and it's people that think they're smarter than everybody else. Correct. I mean these investigators when they come in there and ask ask those questions, they know the answers, Jim. Yeah. So don't lie to them. Ask Bruce Pearl. So ask Bruce Pearl. So he's facing that 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 type of sanction. And the other sanction he is, or the other cloud that, you know, and it's a dark cloud. I don't care what anybody says. And I don't want to hear this everybody does it. That doesn't make it right. Everybody doesn't get, why, everybody, if everybody does it, why isn't everybody getting caught? Like Michigan got caught in this sign yeah. stealing scandal. So they've got that. And that is a cloud that hangs over the trophy over the national title it's kind of like you know you guys grow up watching charlie brown cartoons you know pig pen and everywhere Pigpen walked, there was just kind of this cloud of dirt and dust that followed him everywhere. That's kind of how I envision the this year's Michigan national title. There will always be that little cloud of dirt and dust that follows that national title around, at least till the day I die.
0: Well, I mean, it's kind of ironic. The last national title that was vacated was Louisville in 2013 for Enrique Patino. In uh, their basketball team, they actually played Michigan in the national title game. Would not be a bit surprised that at some point this title might not get vacated as well.
1: Yeah. So, and you know, and, and the University of Michigan, obviously, with the Fab Five and so forth, oh, you know, okay. they've got a history. That that, that that athletic department has a history of kind of doing whatever the hell they want to do and yeah. NCAA be damned and and thumbing their nose at them. And, but you know, we see what happened. So, yeah. And so, my question is this. Now, Harbaugh's gone and he leaves. He kind of pulled a Pete Carroll. He pulled he, a Pete Carroll. He pulled a Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll and Reggie Bush and all of them out of USC. Matt Liner. Yep. Yeah. They were all all paid. And, and Reggie Bush's family was riding uh, up to Stanford in away games and in limousines and flying first class. Had a, and, con-
0: had a condo on the beach. And
1: there was a, yeah, there's like a. a home that they just lived rent-free in Mm -hmm. uh, on the beach there in in Los Angeles. And so when all that kind of was about to hit the fan with the NCAA, Pete Carroll packs his bags and takes the
0: NFL job, exactly what Jim Harbaugh's doing. Harbaugh Harbaugh also has, uh, from what I've read, he has an obsession with Herbert. Justin Herbert. Mm Mm-hmm. Always like a crush, had, like a crush I, on him, I, or just, I, or just I has I, always had. things. Yeah, thinks. I, I guess he probably sits there and thinks, well, well, "What can I do with this guy? You know, how good can I make this guy? You know, physically, he's got all the tools in yeah.
1: the world. Oh, Justin Herbert's awesome. So,
0: the, you know, the Chargers' job was mentioned about Harbaugh the last couple of years, just because of that obsession. Uh, he's got it. He's got what he wants now, and uh, he's gone. But I will say this too, in his defense. I think coaching the pros now is much easier than it has ever been than coaching college football.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got so much more. Time. <laughs> Just time. Exactly. Um, okay. So, Harbaugh's gone. He's in the rearview mirror as far as college. He'll never – I don't think he'll ever be back to no, college no, College he's football. Done. He's done. Uh, he's left the University of Michigan in disarray under uh, looking down a double-barrel shotgun of the NCAA and uh, the sanctions that will be coming down
0: the road. And the and, and the vultures, I'm sure, are circling Ann Arbor as we speak because that portal is wide open.
1: Now, does so Ohio State is going to be the one that benefits from all this, Oh, right? abso- absolutely. Ryan Day, mm-hmm. head coach, yeah. Ohio State. And, and, you know, this spending spree, and that's the only way I know how to – that's the only way I know how to – uh, describe Ohio State's um, pickups of Alabama Alabama's Caleb Downs. You know they paid Caleb Downs a lot of money to come to Ohio State under an NIL deal. Um, and what about the Judkins picking up the Judkins running back from Ole Miss?
0: Well, and, and, and speaking of, uh, that's what I'm looking at right now. Apparently, Lane Kiffin, who has just been out there just trolling people left and right on Twitter, he put out a number earlier. That uh, I believe Ohio State has spent so far in the portal this year upwards of fifteen million dollars or more.
1: Well, they picked up Will Howard from Kansas State, the quarterback from I know from five star quarterback from Kansas State, right? Correct. And uh,
0: Julian, so Sands. is this is
1: this like is this like A and M a couple of years
0: ago? Yeah, uh, two years ago when Jimbo uh, loaded up I mean, and, and did nothing, though. He, you know, that, that was the thing. You know, Ryan Day doesn't have an excuse now. Harbaugh's gone. Um, I mean, But you got to remember the expansion of the Big Ten. I mean, it's
1: not it, – and I know, I know Ohio State fans are excited. Boy, we're getting all these great players. But you know what? That's what they said to San Diego Padres when they got Juan Soto and uh, – Machado and, and and all these great players in at San Diego, and they did nothing but implode. Same way with the Yankees. You know, the Steinbrenner family just goes and pays hundreds of millions and hundreds of millions of billions of dollars in contracts, but they can't win a World Series. So it's not always about the money. You have to be able to coach them. You have to be a winner, and you have to be able to get your players to buy into what you're doing as a coaching staff, as a as an organization,
0: absolutely, I mean, yeah, I I completely agree.
1: So, uh, going out Ohio State, going out and getting Caleb Downs and Quinshawn Judkins, you know that that's yes, that's impressive. Um,
0: but, but when, I tell you what, but when you add all those pieces together, how how does that work?
1: I don't know, but they they're gonna get they're gonna keep Travion Henderson. They're going to keep Egbuka, the receiver, Mm -hmm. so I think I think uh, you know this is it for Ohio State. They they might be they might be worth putting some they they might be worth putting a little money on uh, this summer for if you get some good early odds to win a Natty next
0: year. If he doesn't win the national title this year, I mean, uh, when when will he? Then he he won't, and then you're talking about a change at Ohio State, and then their portal opens. There you go. Okay, this weekend, don't forget, now the Final Four
1: Conference Championship weekend on Sunday. Uh, the first game will be Kansas City has a record of 11-6 and six at 13-4 and four Baltimore. Baltimore is favored by 3.5 with a 44 total. That game starts at 2 o'clock on CBS on Sunday. And then following that game on Fox at 5.30 will be 12-5 Detroit. At twelve and five, San Francisco. San Francisco minus seven. And Clayton, you kind of like Detroit.
0: I do. I do. I, I, again, I just I think s- some teams it just the stars align for them, and I think it's aligned for the Lions for the first time in my life. So okay. Well,
1: we'll see. I mean, you know, who knows? Um, you know, if you look at if you look at Kansas City, do you know that? Patrick Mahomes has played in every – since he's been in the league, he's played in every single AFC championship game. That's, this a, that's is incredible. Six consecutive AFC championship games. That's and a, what And what about Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the last player taken in last year's draft, and he's the quarterback to take the 49ers to the promised
0: land. Well, he obviously took Iowa's offense with him when he left. So. There
1: you go. Okay, we're back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Tune in tonight for Culioca versus Richland. We'll be on there at 5.30. You and Big Lou. Me and Big Lou. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Thank you for joining us.